In Jesus' name, amen. I bet most of you would agree with me when I say this, that children, kids, have the uh, most amazing ability to ask the most profound question in the simplest of ways, don't they? Kids are often thinking and asking the type of questions that, that we're asking ourselves, but that we would never, ever say out loud. The other thing about kids asking questions is that they will not settle for cliches or canned responses. They will not be dismissed. Any of our very adult philosophical musings will not cut it with a child, right? They want to know why. Why, daddy? Why, mommy? Why? 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 Some of you have probably heard those words, haven't you? Uh, Why? Mommy, when you go to work, do you get money? But when I go to school, I don't. Why? 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 Why do I have a belly button? Why can't I eat my boogers? Why? 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 Kids have the most amazing ability to ask the most profound question in the simplest of ways. And, and yet, if you've ever engaged in, in this the sea of whys, if you've ever tried to jump in, you should know that you're going to be in for the long haul and you better have an answer because, again, they're, they're not going to settle for all of your very adult sayings. And, and yet, having said that, I, I think this is true for most of us who have jumped into those whys. What ends up happening is, is the adult in the room saying something like, well, that's just the way it is, <laughs> right? It's just because. It's just because mommy says so. It's just because daddy feels that way. It's, it's just because, which is not a satisfying answer at all, but it's, it's the way many of those conversations end. Now, I bring all that up. Because I I think that's what ends up happening. That's how many of us might feel when it comes to a discussion around the Trinity. Uh, This week and for the next few weeks, we're going to be focusing on that theological doctrine or topic called the Trinity. Maybe you've seen that word. Maybe you've seen it on a church sign, a church name, that the Trinity. And there are lots of questions regarding the Trinity. If you've ever asked them to a pastor or teacher, maybe you've gotten that answer, right? They've thrown at you all the cliches about it, and then at the end of it, they say, well, that's just because, that's just the way that, that God is. That's just the way he set it up. That's just because. Now, Again, that's not satisfying, and there are lots of questions around the Trinity, which, if I could try to put it simply, the Trinity, our understanding of who God is, that the triune God is simple in many ways and yet mysterious. It's the belief we have in one God who comes to us, appears to us, works in three persons, Father, Son, and Spirit. It's, it's God saying that one Father plus one Son and one Spirit actually equals not three gods, but one gods. It's the three-in-one nature of who he is. But th- that leaves us with a lot of questions and a whole lot of whys and a lot that we don't know or understand. And, and, and the truth is that we don't always get to peer behind God's curtain to see how he's working back there. We don't get to read his mind. And that leaves us frustrated sometimes. And yet, as I've thought about it th- this week, especially I, as your pastor, have to admit that I have become okay with not knowing all the whys. I've I found peace in all of the blanks on the page that used to kind of rattle me. And, and that's because I think what I've realized is this, that, that, that I do not want a God that I can fit in a box and know everything about and understand completely and wrap my mind and arms around because that would be a very small God, wouldn't it? A God that we could totally understand, at, at least with my size brain, right? That would be a very small God. Instead, I, I want a God that is bigger than I can imagine, more mysterious than I can comprehend. That would speak to, to his power and his vastness and his wisdom. That's the God I want. And so as we talk about the Trinity, Father, Son, and Spirit for the next few weeks, there's going to be a lot that we don't know. Uh, I'll try not to say, well, just because, that's just the way it is. 
But here's what I think we will see as we spend some time today looking at the Father and next week looking at the Son and the week after that looking at the Spirit. What I, what I think what we will see is a clearer picture of who God is and what he's done for us. There's a lot we don't know, but what we do know is enough for joy and hope and peace and comfort. Yes, there are blanks on the page, but God is, has revealed himself to us in amazing ways and we have plenty to work off, plenty of hope and peace and love to have. And so as we look at who God is in the Trinity and, and what he has done for us, I think that's important for a couple of reasons. The, the first reason why it's important for us to spend some time as Christians thinking and talking about who God is and what he's done is, is because there are lots of misconceptions about God, right? We, we all picture something when we picture God, and some of those things are good and helpful, but others maybe aren't. For, for example, some of us, when we picture God, we might picture this guy, right? You know who that is? Santa Claus. Uh, we, we picture the old guy in heaven sitting up there on a cloud somewhere or on the North Pole with a beard and a big list keeping track of who's naughty and who's nice. For some of us, maybe that's our picture of God. And, and so we're going to have to clear that up over the next few weeks. For others of us, uh, this might be our picture of God, sadly. A, a taskmaster God, right? Slave driver. He's, he's always pushing us forward, telling us to do more, punishing us when we make mistakes. Sadly, that's, that's another image that people have of God in the, their mind. Some of us, when we think about God, we, we maybe just think of ourselves. We would like to think that God is a lot like us, that um, we, it, it's almost like we're looking in a mirror. And so my hope and prayer is that as we talk about the Trinity for the next few weeks, we get a greater understanding of who he actually is and what he actually came to do. And yet, in addition to that, what I think we'll end up seeing is a clearer picture of who we are and what God has called us to do. As we think deeply and and ask the hard questions and, and talk and look at the scriptures about who God is and in and, and three persons and what he has done, we'll get, gain a greater understanding of our person and our work in the world. It's that way in our faith that by looking backwards, we, we understand ourselves, but it's that way in the world, generally speaking. I, I think our world recognizes that today, and, and here's what I mean. Uh, have any of you seen these commercials for 23andMe.com or Ancestry.com and all of their DNA testing they can do now, right? Uh, they're all over the place. Uh, if you're not aware, you can send in your DNA in the form of some saliva and, and they'll come back at you with a full DNA profile. You can learn a lot of things about yourself, but one of the things you can learn through the simple test is where you came from. Right? You can learn your gene genealogy, your ancestral history, your family story. And so quite recently there was, there was a commercial featuring a woman named Nicole. And throughout the commercial, it was for 23andMe, they show uh, where Nicole is from. We find out that she's 49% West African, 26% East Asian, 12% Middle Eastern, and 3% Scandinavian. I practiced memorizing those numbers all week long, and it worked. Now, I haven't done the math, so you'll have to check the math, but those are the numbers they gave. Uh, I'm not a mathematician, I'm a pastor, but those are the numbers they gave. That's where she's from, and, and that was one half of the commercial. The other half of the commercial showed Nicole armed with this knowledge, and, and it showed how her life had changed because of what she learned, right? So, so now, all of a sudden, they show Nicole on, on this little moto bike in East Asia, like racing down the streets. They show her kicking a soccer ball with little kids in, in, in the Middle East somewhere. They, they show her doing tribal dances in West Africa and, and soaking in a natural spring or sauna in Scandinavia. Learning who she was, where she came from, her ancestral past, her family story changed her. She was never the same. And I think the same is true for us. Knowing who we are, where we came from, our family story, that changes 
life for us. Now, uh, at the end of the commercial, I should say before I forget, there's this tagline for 23andMe. It must be like their slogan. At the end of the commercial, it pops up and it says, celebrate your DNA. Now, I loved that when I read it because it seemed to me as people of faith, as Christian people, we are able to do that. We are able to celebrate our DNA as well as anyone because we know our, our ancestral past. We know our story. We know our creator. We can look back as we did in, in Genesis today, as Becky read for us, and, and we can see our very origins. We know where we came from. We can look back and see that we have a God. We know a God who has shown himself to us, who has put the stars in the sky and, and the moon in its place, right? We can look back and, and see that we have a God who, who gave us the, the beauty of the animal kingdom and every plant that we see who has fashioned and formed our own bodies intricately and and carefully, that's the God who has revealed himself to us today. We know who he is and, and what he's done. He's the majestic creator. And yet what he also says is he is the father who loves us. The one who holds the world in his hands also stoops down to hold our hands <laughs> That the one who put the stars in the sky uses those same fingers to wipe away our tears. He's the one who, who heard the first animals and their cries and their sounds, and he also hears our cries and he listens to, to our complaints. The creator of the universe is also your father. That's the God you worship. He's the one who invites you up into his lap, who loves you with an amazing love. I, I think the fact that God that creator, I think the fact that he, he beckons us to call him father tells us a whole lot of what we need to know about him. Uh, parents, I would guess that it is one of your greatest joys and honors to hear those words, mom or dad, right? What beautiful words for you to hear. Your ears perk up every time someone says that, mom or, or dad. Those are special words to you. And uh, I can remember when I was uh, younger, maybe junior high or high school, uh, I I just once called my parents by their first name. Maybe some of you tried this. I, I can't remember if it was a joke or I was trying to be smart or show I was one of the, the big kids, the adults. But I remember just once calling them by their first names and they made it clear that that was never going to happen again, right? <laughs> and, and thinking back on, on that now and, and thinking for all of you parents, that the reason why you demand your kids call you mom or dad is, is not so that you can exert your power or authority over them, right? But because those words, mom, dad, mother, father, those are words of love. They're, they're words that only a few people in the entire universe get to call you and those people are special to you. They, they denote an, an intimate personal relationship that you have. And, and that's what our God invites us to call him, our father, not to command power or authority or so you can throw around a bunch of rules, but because he loves us with an amazing love. See, that's the God we worship, the creator and the father. That's what we see in that first person of the Trinity, not just an old man with a beard in the sky, not a, not a slave-driving taskmaster, a loving father. And for us, knowing where we came from, like Nicole in that 23andMe commercial, life changes for us. We do new things. Like when she got on that motorcycle and kicked the soccer ball and floated in the sauna, she was trying new things, experiencing a whole new world. It's like, like everything had opened for her. And I would say the same is true for us as Christians. As we, as we remember where we came from and, and who our Father is and, and who God has shown himself to be, that changes us. Life can never be the same. We know who we are now. 
Uh, We're not simply the products we buy or the the stores that we shop in like the marketers would have us believe. We're not simply an Apple guy or, or a Whole Foods person, right? That's what the marketers want you to believe, but that's not who we are. We are not defined by our mistakes or or by our failures, by our our achievements and our successes. God says we're defined by that relationship. We are children of the Father, loved from all eternity. That's who you are. And that, of course, changes what you do. Now, life looks different for each of us. We're each in different contexts, and how we respond to that love is going to be unique and I thought today about giving you homework and then I thought I won't, but maybe I will. And, and your homework will be, think about how, how that changes life for you. Knowing where you came from, knowing who your father is, consider what might, how, my, how life might be different for you in the days and weeks and years ahead. It has to change us, doesn't it? But if I could speak broadly, some of the things that it does for us, the way that it changes our lives are, are few. Uh, one of the things that it does is, well, we, we brag about our dad, <laughs> We let the world know how cool he is, that, that we have this father who created us, that none of us is an accident, that, that each of us was intentionally and carefully made, planned before eternity. We, we talk about everything he's done for us, that he not only created us, but he sustains us, he continues to hold us in, in his hands, that we have someone we can go to any time or any night, that he hears every last word that we have to say. We, we tell the world about how awesome our father is. And, and then we, we try to live up to the family name, right? We, we don't want to bring disgrace to our father as his children. We don't want people to look at us and point fingers and think, what did that dad do to mess these kids up? We want to live up to the name. We want to, in a sense, reflect who, who our father is. Our father, our creator father, is compassionate and kind. He is generous and, and merciful. He is, he is long-suffering and forgiving. And as his children, we seek to, to be the same and do the same. We are generous and merciful, compassionate and kind. We, we are patient. We are people of peace. We forgive no matter what. Knowing who your father is changes things. It has to. But more than any of our doing, what I, what I think it does for us, it gives us an amazing sense of rest. We can rest now. We can stop our striving and our struggling and our stressing from having to please God, from having to earn his acceptance or any of his love. No, we are his beloved children, loved by the Father so much, as we'll see next week, that he sent his own son on our behalf, that, that God sacrificed everything for us so that we might live today as his beloved children. There's a lot that we might not know about God and and how he works. This whole idea of the Trinity can be confusing. Lots of questions, very mysterious. But what we do know, what God has shown himself to be and what he has done, well, brothers and sisters, that is more than enough. In Jesus' name, amen.